Welcome to the Messy Life, Mighty Love podcast. I am Abby, your host, storyteller, fellow Messy Life journeyer, and friend. You are listening to episode 17, Our Heart's Desire. Today I talk about the sometimes, yes, oftentimes, messy ways of coming to receive our truest heart's desire. It's a process and it's quite messy for us and this whole wide world in which we live. But in the end, we have to believe it's truly worth it. It was the spring semester of my junior year of college, 1995. A Thursday evening, which was our weekly worship night at Messiah College where I was going, and it was called Powerhouse. Yes, very good. Except there was nothing regular about this night. A couple of students from John Brown University had come to Messiah to share about their experience with the recent revival on their campus. As they shared, students from my campus began to come to the mic and pour out confessions of sin, the deep dark things you never imagine saying out loud, let alone to hundreds of college students in a chapel. We continued through the night. I remember feeling like time had stopped and I had somehow entered eternity, heaven. I didn't feel the least bit tired when I came back to my apartment at around 5 a.m. The life of the spirit had been palpable and I didn't want to leave it. I wasn't alone. Many of us hoped this revival would continue, but as the college administration found out about the revival time, they made the decision to not cancel classes as other Christian colleges like Wheaton and Gordon had done in their own times of revival. They issued a statement on the nature of revival, focusing on how it was an all-of-life kind of thing, not just confession. Students were very upset, certain we were quenching the spirit. I didn't know what I believed, but I did know I wanted revival badly. You could say it was my budding heart's desire as an on-fire Christian college student ready to take on the world. We gathered the same time the next week for Powerhouse. Attendance was sparse and there was a collective weight of discouragement over the place. We had another open mic, but very few were coming to the front and there wasn't confession. I prayed for what I could say to the faithful who had come that would be encouraging. I opened my Bible randomly and came to anything but a random place. I came to Isaiah 58, which would forever change how I looked at my heart's desire and how I looked at revival. As I read to myself at my seat, I was just amazed at how this seemed to be like God's kind of revival passage. I was struck by the beginning and how God isn't looking for one day of fasting or confession in our case. It says in verse 3 of Isaiah 58, You say, why have we fasted, and you see it not? Why have we humbled ourselves, and you take no knowledge of it? Behold, in the day of your fast, you seek your own pleasure, and oppress all your workers. 
Behold, you fast only to quarrel and to fight, and to hit with a wicked fist. Fasting like yours this day will not make your voice be heard on high. Is such the fast that I choose? A day for a person to humble himself? Is it to bow down his head like a reed, and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Will you call this a fast? and a day acceptable to the Lord. And I've seen it in these days of quarantine, the church seeking to come together in days of fasting and prayer. And again, I mean, that's great. I wouldn't say anything against it. But then racial tensions are erupting in heartbreaking ways. And I just come back to Isaiah 58. God is saying, this is the fast, which again, I substitute revival in for it. This is the fast that I choose, to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover him and to not hide yourself from your own flesh? And I'd say this heart's desire of mine and of many who love God is quite messy because we have to work at it. It doesn't just fall from heaven. We have to roll up our sleeves and do the hard work of humility. We have to risk knowing we might get it wrong. And ultimately, we need to give fully of ourselves to pursue justice. It's the only way to our truest heart's desire to see God and be in community with others who are doing the same. No matter who we are, we are made for this seeing and knowing God. And when we pursue it the right way, we get far more than we dared hope for, as Isaiah 58 goes on to say, Then shall your light break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry, and he will say, Here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and speaking wickedness, if you pour yourself out for the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then shall your light rise in the darkness and your gloom be as the noonday. And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. And your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. We get to see not only our heart's desire, but God's desire made complete. It sounds like heaven, and it truly is. Isn't that what we really want, to not have any cares and worries? Or maybe that's what we think is our heart's desire, to have enough wealth? to not have any cares or worries, but really our desire is for this world to be made right, 
God to be on his throne and us and those that we love and those that we share this world with to experience his goodness in its fullness. We want heaven. That's our heart's desire. And revival is wanting heaven here on earth. And this is how God was showing me that it comes and there is mess. But with it, there is great hope that this can happen. We can see these things in our lives, in our days. And so we can be tempted to lose heart. And yet God says about this mess, this hard way of getting there to revival, of this holistic type of thing. He says, become that mess yourself. Give without reserve and I will give you riches far greater than you can imagine. I don't know which, how you would articulate your heart's desire, but I will offer you mine. I am sure you are made for it. We all are. Now I think it's time to embrace the mess of getting there, ultimately of getting God. For he is ever the light shining through the deepest dark mess of our reality, and he will never, ever, ever be overcome. I trust this heart's desire message has blessed you somehow amidst these days of turmoil, fear, and pain. May you be encouraged that God's light can right every mess and you work for that righteousness, that justice in your heart. May these minutes have been time well spent for you. For more from me, my journey with mental illness, and many other things I have written about over the years, go to my website, abigailolliman.com. That's Abigail, A-B-I-G-A-I-L, Alleman, A-L-L-E-M-A-N.com. There are a couple of free eBooks for subscribers. I will lead you to another favorite, maybe the most commonly used heart's desire verse in the Bible. From Psalm 37, verse 4, Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. I am seeking to live this in these days and invite you there too. I would love to catch you next time.